This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, next week, I'm going to need Paul Hodewanek next week. Sometime I'm going to need him to bring in his senior picture from high school because Paul looks like he's 14. So, which is a good thing because when he's much older, like when he's got gray hair like me, mm-hmm. right, he'll look he'll look young, right? Well, when you're told you have a baby face, oh, he's got the baby face. Oh, he's got a baby face. Yeah, there's no question. Paul, how old are you actually? 23. He's 23. Oh, oh why do I think you're older? Damn, he is a baby. 23. No wonder. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, of course. Man, get out of here, man. Go uh, uh, home. I mean, gosh. I think he's what, past his bedtime. Go get on your swing, buddy. Wow. Go get on your swing. If you want to defend yourself, you can. I, I'm fine with it. it uh, I'm just having a little bit of fun with you. <laughs> oh, he's just trying to find the senior photos. No wonder he's on a you don't even need to show it to me now because this not, is your senior yeah, photo. You were literally it. a senior like three years ago. Oh, God. I, I bet his senior picture, if we took a picture Looks of him right same. now, yes. it would be the same thing. Oh, It's see, a before he, and after. Here I was trying to actually give him um, some homework, mm-hmm. and he's like, nah, I got you, bro. I got it right here on yeah. my phone. Yeah. That's probably the same phone he had when he was a senior. Oh, yeah. Because it was just literally like a couple years ago. I mean, you imagine if we oh, still had the phones that we no. had when we were seniors? I mean. What? The phones? I didn't have a phone. You had a cell phone when you were no, a that's senior? that's what I'm saying. That's uh, what I'm saying. saying. No. There was no such thing as a cell phone for us. No. i just bring it next week, man. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Um, something I wanted to get into here, talking about Timberwolves basketball again, is something that Rudy Gobert has that I like. Forget about like. I love it. Rudy Gobert, he's got that dog mentality, that toughness, that I'll fight you attitude that you need. And there have been several different versions, and when I say versions, I'm just referring to different years of Timberwolves basketball, where that was lacking. Okay, mm-hmm. There have been a lot of Timberwolves teams throughout the years in which you didn't necessarily have that enforcer. You didn't have that guy that had that dog in him. We've had... Uh, uh, Times where you had KG, you had Gary Trent Sr., you had some guys that will, that will, you know, thump you and just get in your face. And Rudy's one of those guys. It looks different with him. So, so, and what I mean by that is Rudy Gobert is the seven foot, uh, chiseled up, handsome guy with the blonde hair. He doesn't look like the typical, like, I'm a rough and tumble. I'm I'm that guy. I'll knock you out. I'll put you on your butt. It's different with him. He just because because of how he, um, how he just kind of showcases himself personality wise. Right. Okay. It's because his mentality is more quiet. 
and assuming. Like, that's just who he is. And, and to me, this matters from this particular perspective. When people think about somebody being a dog or somebody being um, just the rough guy that's going to get in your face and, and play lockdown defense and be a team leader that way, rah-rah guy, and he's never going to be rah-rah. But you know who people think about? Last year, Patrick Beverly. Pat Beverly, yeah. Patrick Beverly is no more of a dog than Rudy Gobert. And I mean that. And I know some of you are like, "What? no, Patrick Beverly is more of a dog. No, he's not more of a dog than Rudy Gobert. Patrick Beverly is just more loud. Patrick Beverly is just a loud guy. So he just projects it a little bit more. Yes, yes. He's loud with everything that he does. He wants to get all up in your Mm -hmm. face. He wants to look crazy. He wants to stare you down. He wants to – that's Patrick Beverly. Rudy Gobert does it differently. He is not that type of guy. He's not a guy that's just talking. Because some of it's just talk. Like yeah. Patrick Beverly ain't always about it. Patrick Beverly's trying to just get in your face, rattle you, get underneath your skin. He's trying to be a, um, an irritant. Yeah, he'll talk for the sake of talking. Yes. Yeah. Rudy's different. Yeah, I, I feel like when we look at Rudy Gobert, you know, when we hear about leaders, we hear about you know these these guys that are Gonna, it's something we can see. And I think the quiet leadership isn't like the the dog is you would so to speak. It's like if we don't see it, if we don't see that intensity, the perception is it's not there. Yeah, and that's not true. And, and so I think, and maybe, that's not true because you know who else is quiet in a dog? Who? Jay McDaniel's. Okay. I I think we need to we need to see that then, right? And, and by mean, the way, for all of you listening, when we say dog mentality, mm-hmm. that's a compliment. Yeah, it's a complimentary phrase in in terms of in terms of sports. Yeah, kind of like that, that an, an aggressive yeah. player. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, just so people are people are like, why is he right. calling them dogs? Yeah. Like that's it's it's a good it's thing. A it's not a bad thing. Yeah, I I just feel like we if we don't see it, it's not there. And I think Rudy, the way that he plays, it's easier to see it. I think from a guard or a wing player, right? Because they seem to be moving a little bit faster and. You know, with that, you kind of have a little bit more emotion. You know what I mean? It, it's like, I, I don't know. It's, it's now, kinda, I think it's more personality. It's okay. Cause to, to because, me, because Shaq was a dog. And, that, and, and, well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess if you don't see it outwardly, I guess is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. Yeah, some of the, you know, some of the bigger guys I see with Embiid. And, I mean, I yeah, there were a bunch of bigger guys. You know, Bill Lambeer, I'm thinking <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm going into kind of that realm, but I, I think maybe people just have to get used to the way that Rudy, you know, just kind of presents himself too. And he's new to us too. Yeah, like oh, he's, he's new to us. Good. And and every and there's so many people that are in their feelings about Patrick Beverly and what he meant. Mm-hmm. Let, let me be clear about this, guys. And and this is not. To, I'm not trying to understate what Patrick Beverly meant to this organization last year because he 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 played well for the team. I think that we're blowing out of proportion what Patrick Beverly brought brought to the uh, Timberwolves last year. He was a good player last year. There's no question about it. Patrick Beverly was not more impactful than Jared Vanderbilt. Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, Jared Vanderbilt did, he did everything for them last year. I mean, he did the dirty work that nobody else wanted to do. Like, you talk about being a hustle, the, the glue guy. Anytime there was a loose ball, 
Jared Vanderbilt was there. Anytime a ball went up, guess what? Jared Vanderbilt was there. Like he did pretty much anything. I, I think we we got so used to just hearing Pat Bev, and we could see him like he was out front too. Like Pat Bev was always leading the charge, whereas Rudy, he's not. Like nobody's leading the charge yet, and is it you know is he one of those guys? Can can you adapt that mentality if he's not the guy that's openly out in front? When you say leading the charge, in what way? Would oh, you, just in would, terms of like being the guy, you know, that's that we look at as as being, you know, out there. Somebody that's going to fire up the troops. Yeah, I don't think that that's. I don't think that his. That's never going to be his his end game. I don't think he cares about that. Patrick Beverly cares about that. Rudy Gobert doesn't. Mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert is just a more of a. You know what, man? I know what my job is. I'm going to go out there and try to do it. So his is going to be more on the court. For his teammates, more so than I'm about that action. Boss. Some, yeah, something that you know all of us as fans are going to be able to see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's just the way that I view it. But I'm not trying to in any way say that Beverly um, isn't the type of guy to 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 give your team a shot in the arm. He absolutely is. But there's different ways, different style of yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's style over substance, right? Yeah. Or substance over style, like however you you want to view it. And with Patrick Beverly is totally, totally style over substance. It is. Yeah, and is he? I mean, I just feel like fans. He, he loved him because he was just you know he was so outgoing. And it's like, oh man, he's somebody you know we can we can love this guy. This guy's you know he's he really wants to win. And sometimes if you don't see that aggressiveness, like, well, does this guy really want to win? Does he does he care as much as us? And I. I think that's kind of some of the misconceptions that fans get. It's like you have to be running at 100 miles an hour externally mm-hmm. and show it. Otherwise, we're like, eh, are you really, do you really care? Nah, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't yep. think so. All right, coming up next, uh, I saw a little bit of news from a little bit earlier, right before we hopped on and started the show. Something uh, in downtown Minneapolis has been around for a while, um, or at least actually the last five years, it's about to close down. It's actually just literally just a couple blocks from here. What is it? I'll tell you next on The Lake Show. Everybody loves a good bargain, or at least I do. I am not wealthy. I am not rich. Um, I'm just a broke guy like all of you out there. <laughs> all right? So I'm always looking for a bargain. I like nice stuff, all right? But I like to get a deal on nice stuff. Um, so... All right, so full transparency. Okay. Transparency is good. I, I, like, I like nice stuff, and I will effort getting nice stuff mm. um, that are well-known brands, labels, whatever. Right? Okay. Um, I like to get it for a discount. The only thing that I will pay full price for, for the most part, are certain clothing items that will never, ever go on sale because – they are like fundraisers for like a certain cause or certain, you know, like merchandise that's benefiting like a charity or something like Sure. St- you don't like, want to take away from somebody. N- no. Well, well, like, for instance, um, there's a, I, I don't have one right now, but I'm thinking about getting one. There's a there's a, a shirt that's that's uh, supporting um, the uh, the cause or the campaign to get Brittany Griner home. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, I'd love to buy that shirt and 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 rock out because I'm a Britney Griner fan and 
you know, I'm like everybody else. I want her back home. So, but outside of that, like clothing, I like to get deals on it. I've got friends that are in um, um, the industry. They got clothing stores, boutiques, and whenever they got a sale, they know call late because I'm going to come through and I'm going to buy up <laughs> at least a couple different things. Right? Um, the only thing, the only other thing that I'll pay full price for um, in that way is is um, fragrances. Because typically, a lot of times you don't get them on sale. Now, if I can find it on sale, I'll buy it on sale. Sure, yeah. But but outside of that, whatever the number is, that's the number you got to pay. You got to pay the cost to be the boss. But I'm somebody that, and I mentioned this in the heart of COVID. You know where I started going to at least once a week? Dollar Tree. You you know that that um, Nordstrom Rack. Mm-hmm is a store that I would frequent to get bargains on shirts, sweatpants, all that type of stuff, right? The Nordstrom Rack in downtown Minneapolis, you've seen it before, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Just a couple blocks down. Right, yeah. And the IDS is closing. Did you know that? No. It just broke uh, a couple hours ago. No, right, I had right, no idea. Right before the store, um, before the uh, the show started, not store, <laughs> uh, Nordstrom Rack store at the IDS Center in downtown Minneapolis, uh, is going to be closing later this week. Wow, that's abrupt. Say it could serve the Twin Cities. Yes, it could serve the Twin Cities better with its other stores. This is the quote the company said in a statement. We believe we're best able to serve customers in the Minneapolis market by focusing on our nearby Nordstrom and Nordstrom Rack locations as well as online, the company said in a statement. The store's last day of business will be Friday. I need to venture Ooh. down and, and, and see what they got because if they're clearing the store out, I'm dead serious. So now this specific location at the IDS mm-hmm. opened in September of 2017, taking up 39,000 square feet of space on two floors. It was the only two-story Nordstrom Rack in the market and employed 75 people when it first opened, according to the Minneapolis Star Tribune. The store stayed open through the pandemic, even as the number of people in downtown offices plummeted, uh, plunged to, uh, to near nothing. Its exterior experienced some damage and protests against the police in summer of 2020. This, I will say this, this is not a shocker to me, because when we start talking about downtown Minneapolis, and this is, for, forget about COVID, mm-hmm. forget about protest we're talking about long before that people don't necessarily come yeah. to downtown minneapolis to shop that includes yeah, me and i'm true. and i'm a and i'm a minneapolis cat if i'm going to shop for clothing why am i coming downtown yeah why wouldn't i just go to southdale why wouldn't i just go to the galleria why wouldn't i go to the yeah. moa it's free parking mm-hmm. you got to come downtown and pay for parking to shop at a Nordstrom rack there's a Nordstrom Rack at the Mall of America. There's a Nordstrom Rack in St. Louis Park. There's a Nordstrom Rack in Maple Grove. There's several wherever you're at in the metro, you're close to one. There's a North in the last one, there's a Nordstrom Rack in Woodbury. Yeah. I've been to all of those locations. Mm-hmm. I think I've only been to this one once or twice. Yeah, I, you know, when I think of like shopping downtown to me, it's part of something else. It's part of being down here where you go out to eat, you go to a show, you go do something. 
And then you go to like these specialty shops that you can't get out in the suburbs. You, you know what I mean? It, it's like you go to these specific places and I can't even think of any right off the top of my head, but 90% of the people I would say, Henry, when you come downtown, it's for an event or it's to go out to eat. Yeah. If, if you happen to do some shopping, then that's in addition to, but yeah, I, I I'm kind of like you, especially like these bigger retail shops downtown. It, if you've got access to something like that outside in the suburbs, you know, like you mentioned all over, then what is the incentive to come downtown when ultimately, yeah, at minimum, you've got to pay for parking when maybe you're not familiar with downtown or you're not exactly sure what to do or you might get turned around because, you know, there's so many different reasons, you know, outside of the typical reasons that we hear why maybe people might not come down here. But that's 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 a really interesting that's an interesting take. I never thought about that. It, it is just one of those. You're 100 percent right. When you think about the downtown area, you have to think destination, right? Yes. Yep. Nordstrom Rack does not make it a destination. No. What makes it a destination are the hotels. Yep. What makes it a destination are the restaurants. Those are the type of things in specific places like Orchestra Hall, um, the Orpheum. Yeah, again. A p- the State p- Theater. The, those are destination. Nordstrom Rack does not make it that. If, no. if I'm going to Nordstrom Rack, I'm going to Arbor Lakes because I'm going to not pay for parking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you mentioned like a lot of these restaurants, a lot of these like they're connected with events. Twins game, go out to eat. Vikings game, go you know Timberwolves. You, you go to the Ordway or yeah, you know, like you mentioned the, the the State Theater. It's just there's so many different places in the metro that you can go that aren't destination for something like that. Like you got to make it special. There's got to be a reason for you to come down here and shopping at a Nordstrom's rack Nordstrom. That that's not, that's not unique. That's not unique. No, it's, it's not special. Now the comeback to that though, would be this. The comeback would be, yes, we understand Henry and Chris that it's not unique, but, but Mm -hmm. we come down here for the uniqueness of certain things. And also we're able to, have something that is cheap nearby. That's the key too. It's like you, you might have these two same company, the, the, these two locations, but more times than not, you're going to find it cheaper out in the suburbs than you will coming downtown. And I mean, that's just, it's just, it's, it, it, you know, just like going to the mall of America, right? I mean, you go, to I the think mall- the only thing that makes it cheaper in the suburbs is, is that you don't have to pay for parking. You think that's, so? the only, that's it. Okay. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think it's cheaper because of the actual price. Like in the store, the prices are the same. Okay, because I mean, it, for me, it always seems like things are a little bit more. You know, the prices are a little bit more jacked up. You know, if I'm going to go, oh no, some downtown. Okay, so really? That's, yeah, I've never yeah. felt that. Okay, in, in terms of in terms of, we're, we're, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about Northern Rack to Northern Rack. I'm not talking about Northern Rack compared to another thing. Like like. Target on Lake Street mm-hmm. isn't any more expensive than Target in St. Louis Park. Okay. Okay, and, and I mean maybe that's maybe that's the misconception that that I've got. But 
and I mean, admittedly, I haven't really done a lot of shopping downtown since pre-COVID. So it's been, you know, I, I mean, it, maybe I'm still holding on to that preconceived notion that I had before COVID, before, you know, everything changed. But hopefully, you know, hope, yeah, they can serve Minneapolis better in a different way. So hopefully it all works out for the best as, you know, things come and go. We're going to miss down. it, man. Yeah, we will. We're going to miss it. Um, but also, um, maybe I'll take advantage of like going out of business a sale or something. Yeah, see, that's, next couple of days. that's really what it is. It's really what it is. Yeah. All right, uh, coming up next, um, Jeff Saturday, the new coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He got um, he got his first win in his first game as head coach over the Las Vegas Raiders, who are a train wreck. But there's something about the move that bugs some lifers, some life coaches out there, some some real true studs in the NFL profession of coaching. Uh, the move ticked them off. You hear it next year on the Lake Show. All right, welcome back to the Lake Show News Talk eight three zero WCCO. We had a coaching change in the National Football League last week. Frank Reich was he was uh, fired as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He was replaced by Jeff Saturday, talking head on ESPN, analyst on ESPN, former NFL football player with the Indianapolis Colts, former center. He was uh, famously he was Peyton Manning's guy. He was Peyton Manning center. I am a big. Let me preface this. I am a big Jeff Saturday fan. Big fan. Loved watching him play. And I think that he does a phenomenal job on television. Phenomenal job. He's got swagger. He's got great personality. Seems likable. Yeah, very likable guy. I am a Jeff Saturday fan. But Jeff Saturday was named the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts with no coaching experience. Hadn't coached at the college level. Never coached at the professional level at all. And he was gifted the job of being the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Which, by the way, that's not exactly following the Rooney rule. Okay? And so, there are people that are upset about this. And I understand it. I get it. And the reason why I get it and I understand it and I feel their pain is because, number one, the Rooney rule was not followed. Number one. Number two, um, aside from the 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 Rooney Rule and the race angle to this, how about just in general, all of the hardworking coaches that on that staff, forget about any anybody else's other staff, on that staff that's already there, that's been there from day one, them not getting a look or a crack or an opportunity to to fill the role of interim. For the rest of this year. It just. This is something that was a move. That had never truly been done. And then out of nowhere it's done. It's not. My take is not an anti-Jeff Saturday take. My take is. I like Jeff Saturday. I don't like how this came about though. But it isn't about. Henry Legg and his thoughts. Even though it's my show. It's my opinion. I'm giving you my perspective. Chris gives perspective. We all have a perspective on it. But there's somebody that out there that's won a Super Bowl. There's somebody out there that um, has been very accomplished in the world of the National Football League in the coaching ranks. Somebody that was a player. Somebody that was an assistant coach. And then eventually a head coach. 
and now he's on the television side of things doing analyst work for CBS Sports. His name is Bill Cowher. Listen to what he had to say yesterday on NFL Today. You know, guys, I, I played in the National Football League for five years. I went on to become an assistant coach right from playing the coach, and I was assistant coach for seven years. Hmm. Blessed to be able to go to Pittsburgh and be a head coach at the age of 34 for 15 years. I'm speaking on behalf of the coaching profession. I know for a fact that Jeff Sarity was offered an opportunity to become a head, an assistant coach with the Indianapolis Colts multiple times in the last four years. He declined, citing that he had a TV job and wanted to spend more time with his family. Mm-hmm. I get it. That's fair. I get it. Coaching is about commitment and it's about sacrifice. It's not just a job. It's a lifestyle. That being said, Jeff Saturday has taken a position this year as a consultant for the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. And he's talked to them weekly from his home in Atlanta. Wow. Now to find out on Monday, in that short period of time, he's now the head coach of the new Indianapolis Colts, overseeing a staff that he chose not to not to choose, not to join, because of a lifestyle. Jeff Sari talked about in his first press conference the fact that he's going to use his second half as an opportunity to build his resume to see whether or not he can coach in the future. Mm. I say to that, what about the assistants on the staff right now? The guys that were there in training camp, the guys that were there early in the morning and late at night. The guys have gone through the first six weeks in that building. Guys like Gus Bradley, Scotty Montgomery, uh, John Fox. Don't they deserve the opportunity for an owner to hire a coach who's never been an assistant at the college level or the pro level and overseeing a very much a lot of candidates that are qualified for that job, as we see in Steve Wilkes, an opportunity to build a resume. It's a disgrace to the coaching profession. Mm. And regardless of how this thing plays out, what happened in Indianapolis is a travesty. I, I agree with Bill Cowher. I don't disagree with anything that he said. He was speaking from the heart. He kept it real. And I think that he was spot on. Absolutely spot on. And, hey, anybody that wants to react to that, 651-461-9226. I do think that it's it's fair for Bill Cowher to criticize Jeff Saturday. And this is specifically what he said. And you guys just heard it. He said he was given an opportunity to be an assistant coach. He said, I'm not going to do it because I have a TV job. And it's easier for my family. All of a sudden, when the head coaching job becomes available, he jumps at it, which I got to be honest, I understand it. Yeah, This is not hate on Jeff Saturday Day. I'm not saying that. But I got to be honest with you, I agree with Bill Cowher 100%. I mean, Jeff Saturday, he didn't take advantage of a situation, but if somebody's going to say, hey, we want you to be the head coach. I mean, you think about all of the work and responsibility. Like He knows what goes into being an assistant coach, and he knows what goes into being a head coach. It seems like there's a lot of grind. Like There's a lot of dirty work that people on that staff have to do. Like, a lot of grinding, a lot of tape, just a a lot of stuff that we don't see. But what's the difference between grinding out as an assistant coach and being the head coach? What's the difference? The head coach, to me, is ultimately, like, one of the faces of the franchise. You're the one that gets the credit. You're going to be the one that should get most of the, the blame if things don't go right. But the head coach is, like, 
No, but my point – no, the point I'm trying to – I'm asking you about is he did, He said, I'm, I don't want to be an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Then what – in within a short amount of time, what made you want to be a head coach? The fact that you were given the opportunity to skip all these steps. Like, he he went straight so he to go. he took advantage. Yeah, he went straight to go. Like, Jim Ursay didn't say, hey, we want you to be an offensive consultant. We don't want you to be an offensive line coach. We want you to be the guy. Like, there's no higher point in an organization, coaching-wise, than to be the top dog, the head coach. I agree, but that's but that's the reason why I said this, because you said he didn't take advantage of an opportunity. No, he is taking advantage. That is taking advantage. He didn't want to be the assistant coach, but he's taking a head coaching job? I mean, he is skipping steps. Oh, uh, yeah, ab- so, yeah, so he, he take, is. So he is taking advantage. Yeah, yeah, he, I mean, absolutely take it. You take advantage. Somebody's going. And I'm to, not even mad at him for that. No, I mean, if if somebody came to you and they're like, "Hey, you you played in the league for so many years, Henry, would you want to be the head coach?" I mean, I think it looks bad that if you say you don't want to be an assistant coach because of all of the time and the responsibilities. No, it'd be the equivalent of. Irvin Meyer. You've, I've never done radio before, yeah. but then the first opportunity I get to do radio is not grinding it out late nights or doing something uh, midday. It is, I'm the drive time guy for your station. Yeah. And didn't pay my dues. Yeah. And, and I, I think that what I think that what pisses Bill Cower off and people like Bill is the paying your dues yeah. part. Well, and I think to me, I get it. Like, if somebody was to walk in and have that plus job, you're like, well, what did you do to earn it? But then on the flip side, you're like, well, you're Jeff Saturday. You were a pro bowler. Like, you helped this team to one of the best stretches in the history of the franchise with Peyton Manning, Edron James, Marshall Falk, you know, Marvin Harrison. That You were a part of Tom Moore's offense. You were one of the reasons why that team was that good. So I feel like Jeff Saturday gets this pass. To a certain extent. For sure. Because of what he did. And and that I understand. But yeah, if if you're talking about... We've well, seen it happen with Steve Nash. Absolutely. And I think, wasn't Jason Kidd the same way? I mean, you see some of these players that get these high-profile jobs. Maybe they haven't earned it. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's the owner's decision. And ultimately, if he's going to have to come back and explain why they circumvented the Rooney rule, then... I mean, Jim Irsay obviously doesn't care. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone out and make this decision. I mean, you got to imagine Jim Irsay knew that there was going to be some sort of backlash for this. No, I don't think he did. You don't think he did? I don't think he did at he, all. Just like, hey, I, I'm going to go I get think, my I, guy. I think that people. I think that he thought that well, people will understand this because Jeff Saturday is a name around mm-hmm. here. He played for the Indianapolis Colts. Everybody knows the relationship. I don't think he saw this coming. But I'll say this: there's a way for the for the for the Colts to get out of this. Jeff Saturday wins. If, if as long as he wins, mm-hmm. nobody there's no comeback. He won yesterday. What if he wins this coming weekend and he starts two or three and zero? Then it's over with. The critics are going to be awfully quiet. But I t- yep. the one thing he did, I think the first thing he did, he went back to Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, gone. So you got to go back because I feel like Frank Reich at that point, and I don't know if it was Jim Ursay or Frank Reich, but you get to the point where it's like, okay, our season, we have to look to the future. I think Jeff Saturday just came in. He's like, screw that, Matt Ryan. You're my quarterback. You're my yep. guy. So let's see what happens. Yep. All right, final segment of the Lake Show coming up next. Well, the shade is definitely going down tonight on Twitter. 
And you got to be thankful for the shade moments because Twitter's going up in flames as we speak. But Carrie Lake, candidate for governor in Arizona, listen to this letter dated October the 28th of this year, just a couple of weeks ago. She sent it to Liz Cheney. Dear Liz, thank you for your generous, in-kind contribution to my campaign. Your recent television ad urging Arizonians not to vote for me is doing just the opposite. Our campaign donations are skyrocketing and our website nearly crashed from traffic as people rush to learn more about my plan to put Arizona first and join our historic political movement. In fact, my team tells me your commercial should add another 10 points to our lead. I guess that's why they call the Cheney anti-endorsement the gift that keeps on giving. While we appreciate your in-kind contribution, the half-million-dollar ad by likely exceeds Arizona's 5,300 individual contribution limit. Thank you again for the huge boost of our campaign. Enjoy your forced retirement from politics. I know America will rest easier knowing that one more warmonger is out of office. Sincerely, Carrie Lake. That was from a couple of weeks ago. The response from Liz Cheney. Tonight on Twitter, the retweet, and you're welcome, Carrie. Ooh, I like it. Wow. Uh, you know what? Because if you hadn't heard, Kerry Lake has Katie Hobbs won Arizona. Kerry Lake did not win the governorship. Correct. Yes. Yes! Wow. Politics, man, It's uh, it could be messy, bro. Yeah, I, it, it can. And, I mean, she was very outspoken and aggressive about what she was going to do and and how she's going to transform the media and be their worst nightmare. Uh, I I know how you're going to, where are you going to do it from? Carrie Lake? Is that lake done all dried up? There's only one lake left. Hey, one thing, one thing that I said on Twitter that was frustrating. It's like, why we got to have the same damn last name? (laughs) Y'all know dang well, I'm not, I'm not, Related to her, but still, I just hate that. Oh, gosh. I don't think anybody's going to – I don't think anybody's going to think you're in the same bloodline, so I think you're okay. No, I get that, but still, still, she's still got the same last name. Yeah. Well, I – ain't just about the bloodlines, man. I mean, I don't know. The disrespect for the late name. Yeah, well, maybe you got to, you know – Maybe I got to what? Get some filters going? Uh, Maybe. That's the problem. She loves her filters. Oh, shit. You, you didn't get it right away. No, I got it. I just I can't come up with something nice, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, tomorrow, make sure that you're around supporting the Union Gospel Mission, the Radiothon, all day long right here on The Good Neighbor. News Talk, 830-WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t